Did you see that they uh, announced that the new season of uh, Great British Bake Off is uh, coming back? Mm -mm. September 13th, they posted a thing with uh, the judges and Noel and uh, Matt, I think his name is. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Smith. Yeah, yeah. We we got so invested in last year's season. Yeah. Like it was it was nuts. I'd never gotten into one of those shows like that before. Yeah. Yeah, that just had really good uh and you know, I haven't watched every series, like maybe maybe they're all like that. Oh no, I mean I feel like you can't unless you're unless it's scripted. But it just had really good like I feel like that final three was such a like good balance of like like you had the uh underdog with Christelle. Yeah. Who was my favorite, who was like she was like mid the whole season pretty much. But then there was like I, I I mean it's been like a year since I watched it. Right. But there was like those key dishes or key episodes and she nailed it. Yeah. Like yep. like three times in a row and she got to the the she got to the end, and I just remember that being really cool. And then he had Chiggs. Or wait, no. Yeah, no, Chiggs. who am I thinking of? Giuseppe? No, I know he was the last one. No, I was thinking of Jurgen, who he was fourth. He got knocked out right before. That but was he was the one who shocking. was like, he was like king shit the whole season. Yeah. And then he got knocked out. And yeah, just, it was yeah. a really good, like, storyline. It was like, for, I for mean, it was like, it was like WWE. Like, like the. Yeah. Which, yeah. for us, like we we fell in love with Giuseppe and Jurgen like out the gate first episode. I was like these two guys are like my favorite ones of the show. So seeing mm-hmm. so seeing Giuseppe like go all the way was like it was I don't know, it was very satisfying. I felt yeah. like I felt like he deserved it a lot. Cuz yeah. like they always they always like wait till like the last episode to bring in like the heartbreaking shit where he's like talking about like you know wanting to make his dad proud. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh God! Like there was one, uh, there was like a previous season. Because after we watched that, I just kind of opened the floodgates and we started watching all the other older seasons. And there was a guy, I think it might have been like two or three seasons prior to that one, that I think he was sick. He was kind of like, eh, he was, he was okay. And then he kind of like, he just kept slowly slipping towards like getting kicked off. And then mm-hmm. he was like sick one week, so they didn't kick anybody off. And then he came back, and then immediately got kicked off because <laughs> he. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, you're just prolonging it at this point. But like, you know, they usually do the little talking head segment after like you know someone you know gets kicked out of the tent, and he just starts talking about like his whole family tragedy and why he bakes. And I'm like, God damn mm-hmm. it. Like I, I mean, it's a very heartfelt show, but like even even minor bakers, I don't know. They're, they're very good in like their editing and how they get you with like that emotional yeah. stuff. That's like that's some like across the board for like reality shows. They're like I've heard with um, I don't remember what I was I was watching or reading or whatever, but like I've heard people on especially on shit like that just amps that stuff to eleven. Like uh, <laughs> America's Got Talent. Oh, X Factor yeah. and that kind of stuff. They're like, they're basically like, you have to have like a sad story to tell or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you an yeah. orphan? We only, we're only taking orphans this season. Yeah. That's why on a, it's funny because, um, we watch not all the time, but like, especially our, our main thing when we're 
on trips and we're staying in a hotel is like food network is our Mm go-to but i've watched quite a bit of like chopped beat bobby flay and stuff and uh in those those are like single episode things it's not like a season long thing it's like chopped is like you get four people they compete at the end of the episode there's one left and they get a prize right and then it's more like it's almost more like a game show where it's like each episode it's a new group of people but every time like all four of the people have like a soft story and yeah. in that, every time he gets to that, we're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I just like, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have seen clips of uh, whatever show with Gordon Ramsay. And it'll always be, like, some kid who's, like, you know, just a top-notch chef. But, you know, he's poor or something. And it'll be, like, mm-hmm. they kind of do that thing where it like kind of subverts like you think he's gonna yell at him but then he's like he's like yeah i I, i've heard that you're a good chef blah 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 blah." and the guy's just kind of like tense and he's like and that's why i'm gonna be paying for your education and like he breaks down and starts (laughs) crying and like he's like i'm gonna you know gordon ramsay's gonna put him through culinary school or something like that Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah it's probably scripted but i don't know it's still it's still a pretty good payoff to watch someone yeah that kind of shit happen you get i definitely get like as much as i don't and like i'm okay with like what little reality shows i do consume i get why like that's like all that some people watch or whatever yeah because it is very good at like at drumming that stuff up which they do which they do with with great british bake-off too but it's it's more just like like the journey through the show that you see that like gets me and that's why i don't know that's why i thought that was like a really good season because you had that and mm. i think when that happens naturally in a reality show it's like it's just as compelling as you know a, a written one yeah yeah but then but then if if i were to fi- find out like oh it was it was scripted that way i'd be like oh it's it's it would it would completely flip for me if it wasn't natural i'd be like that's fucking stupid then <laughs> like <laughs> i don't care <laughs> welcome back people it's episode 63 of there will be duds and i am your co-host tj aka j spot jack cheese and with me as always as always i am nick aka dr funk on twitch and as always we watched a movie Look at that. We got through the intro without any any goofs or hiccups <laughs> <laughs> or anything. Uh, watch the movie, that movie being Duel, directed by Steven Spielberg from 1971. It is about a man, a David man, um, a businessman, uh, who's traveling uh, across Southern California to meet with a client. Um yeah he passes a slow moving tanker truck on the road and then the truck passes him and then he tries passing it again and uh, uh that's 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 it the it is it is a duel <laughs> between the the guy's little between david's little car and the big tanker truck and that's it that's that's basically the whole movie it is a very uh i almost said bottle bottle kind of bottle movie but it's not it's like it is like one 
central thing, one central idea, but also it's a road, so it's not like one one location. Right. But it kind of is. Yeah, um, I I was almost anticipating the movie taking in, taking place entirely in his car slash on the road. Oh yeah. I was like, because I I think the first twenty minutes, it's basically that. Yeah. Until I think so. until he stops to get gas, or he st- and then he goes to right Chuck's diner, whoever's diner. There's like a couple, yeah, a couple like spots. <laughs> the poor rattlesnake lady. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I was fully expecting after the first 20 minutes that this whole thing was just going to take place in the cars. Which I'm, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad it didn't. It, it fleshed out the characters a little bit better in those little interstitial scenes. I think. Uh, oh, I guess we didn't since we didn't mention it this episode. This is uh, Steven Spielberg's first movie. Uh, which is why I I wanted to add to the cup um, just as a little bit of film history. He's a very important director. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I had seen this, it was a TV movie too. That, which I read that afterwards. Makes it even more impressive for like seventy yeah. one TV movie. I feel like if I had tuned in to watch this, it would be like the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah. Like on TV, the best thing like ever <laughs> to be on TV. I read a Letterboxd review and it was like. Stan or uh, Steven Spielberg was 24 when he made this, which that's w- nuts. What have I ever done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. It's uh, it's definitely different. Like it definitely feels more amateur. Obviously, it's it's not as it's like for being a first movie and for being a TV movie, it's incredibly well like controlled while not being as well like sculpted as yeah, you know yeah. a Steven Spielberg movie. Um, yeah, cuz I think it, yeah, the fact that it's your first movie fucking 80 90% of the movie is fast moving cars on the highway and like it's pretty clean. Like all the yeah. editing, the shots are cool. It's really engaging to watch. Mm-hmm. And and it's he- it's most of the movie is two cars on a road like yeah. you know how do you make that interesting for 90 minutes right it's like and it was like a based on a short story which he was able to turn like a, mm-hmm. a you know a 20 page short story into an hour and a half film and still you know be able to keep keep your attention like the few shots of i like the truck as the villain like mm-hmm. it, it's so perfect that they got like a just a dirty grimy big old truck like the the yeah. scene when uh, he's he's like helping the guy with the school bus, and oh uh, yeah, and then like you look down this tunnel and you just see the truck like peek its yeah. head through, and then like the lights turn on and it's like he's scared shitless of this thing. He's so yeah. terrified of this truck that he just starts losing his mind. And then yeah. of course the truck helps the bus driver, so the bus driver's probably like, I don't know what this guy's problem is. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole movie, I was just like, have you ever been gaslit by an entire town and a truck? Because like <laughs> yeah. nobody believes David. Nobody believes him when he's like, yeah. this this guy is trying to kill me. No one believes him at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that tunnel part made me think of Men when she sees the dude oh. at the other end of the tunnel or whatever. <laughs> For some reason, it made me think of uh, that one shot in Memories of Murder, because there's like that, oh, that tunnel too, shot totally. Too. Yeah, yeah, the shot yeah. in Men though, that's pretty good. <laughs> you could say this movie yeah, is about it, men, it, about masculinity. Yeah. There were definitely some like 
undertones of that that I I wouldn't mind talking about. If yeah, sure. If yeah, if you want to say like now I will say the the truck driver's response is a bit overkill, but you could say like the whole like inciting thing is like and I don't know, that is just road rage. It's not just men who have road rage and are like pushy drivers, but yeah. like that whole like aggressive passing each other yeah and, yeah you know like that that kind of thing mm-hmm. I, I i am one who easily gets frustrated on, on the road when people like are are going slow or or not following the rules of the road and so mm-hmm. this is is part they, they did a very good job of showing how aggravating it can be to like kind of be in like a, a a struggle with someone else on the road yeah <laughs> Yeah, but I, but I, I um, think I think you know I guess it's his first movie, so it's he's kind of laying it on thick a little bit with like I guess symbolism kind of stuff. But like you know at the very beginning, it's kind of him leaving the city and going you know through Southern California, and he's listening to this radio program, and you hear this guy talking. It's like a call-in type show, and he's talking about like oh well I have to fill out these forms, but you know I'm a stay-at-home dad, and my wife is the breadwinner. And she makes the mm, money. She yeah, goes to right, work, yeah. and I don't. I don't like to work. I like being a stay-at-home dad. But all the people mm-hmm. in like the neighborhood, you know, they think that's weird, and they think it's you know, you know, it's not manly. And then, yeah. I mean, his name is literally David Mann, which <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. you know, there's another you know phone call that he has with his wife, where he's apologizing for something, and she says that like they were at a party, and like she says that she was like almost raped by somebody at the party. Is is like oh jesus christ and so all the whole time it's like nobody believes him everyone just kind of like even the kids in the bus stop are just laughing at him sitting at his car and like not listening to him just the whole time he's just like emasculated the entire movie yeah like yeah i don't know that's that that was like the big thing that i picked up on yeah yeah so i I didn't like pick up on it in like all those instances but definitely the opening the radio show and the guy says i remember the guy too used the phrase silent majority and it triggered me yeah (laughs) yep yep, i heard that too (laughs) um yeah i i like uh like this movie knows exactly what it is too Mm -hmm. i like that there is like it knows that it it is like a very thin it doesn't go heavy into the backstory but it's like yeah but this is about a car chase that's what yeah. this movie is and i i think it's like a, a really uh, it's like a perfect amount of character that it gives to david yeah and it it, do, it spends like just enough time giving you that stuff and it's like okay let's get let's get back to the let's get back on the road mm-hmm. i i also love that i love when a movie like in this case again that again is like an action movie whatever it has no preamble it's just you get that opening credits, you hear the radio, there's the fucking truck, let's go. Yep. Something else that like kind of really stuck out to me is it's like 20 or 30 minutes in before there's any music in the movie. And it's like, I think it's after the gas station and then it's when like he's back on the road and like it kind of starts proper and it's just it's like this really like energetic like... Dun, 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 like that yeah, kind of yeah. music and it really like hit me I was like oh shit like it didn't I felt like that was one of those uh, 
even though they already did the um they did the credits mm-hmm. that felt like the moment where it was like now the movie's starting right right because then after that there's like two more s- spots where he stops but other than that it's it's on the road or no there's yeah. three there's the so he stops at the gas station and then he stops at the, the diner, diner which is another scene i really liked the and bus. then the bus and, and then, then the rattlesnake lady yeah i think that's those are the only stops in the whole right. movie and then i guess the one he sees like the old couple to try to get them to call the police and then oh yeah that's like the that's kind of like the big big face off yeah because isn't that where it like the truck like turns around yeah and it's like sitting at like far down yeah yeah so cool <laughs> how it like characterizes the truck yeah. you never see the driver although you theoretically do in the diner but you never see the driver and it's just it's purely the characterization of the mm-hmm. the dirty old ass truck with like 50 license plates on yeah, it and it's just <laughs> flammable on the back yeah which was so like i i feel like right away you see that big flammable sticker and i'm like all right this truck's gonna fucking explode <laughs> and it never does <laughs> it falls off a cliff at the end of it and the whole time i was like and eh, then and, and you then. see it keep to like it keeps like crumpling and falling and like, uh. <laughs> okay yeah that probably wouldn't happen right but if that was steven spielberg like five years later there would have been an explosion, oh yeah i think after he got like jaws money he'd be like yeah we're blowing that sucker up yeah, yeah i was half expecting the truck driver to be like a woman or something like that like i wasn't sure if they were actually going to um, reveal it but like I, I don't Eileen know Eileen Warnos or something yeah. <laughs> but just going along with the theme of like him being emasculated I, I was almost like but I, I guess you do see a few times like a pretty hairy arm yeah so I was like eh, maybe like, not yeah but also I thought that maybe showing the truck driver's arm could have been a mistake because I mean this movie is well done and it's very well done for a made for TV movie but there were like a few instances where I was like oh this is very amateur like at least two times i noticed like camera operators in the reflections of things oh really oh yeah nice. in the very beginning part uh when just when he's driving before like any of the, the the big truck stuff happens you can see the reflection of the guy sitting in the back seat oh, and, like shit. in, in okay. his like back window and then i think when he's on the phone uh at the rattlesnake place you can see a guy clearly like in the uh the reflection of the phone booth oh shit and i think you can see the camera thing on top of his car through like the reflection of his sunglasses which i was more like whatever that's fine but i think you can definitely see like something vertical like sitting on the hood and i think that Hmm. might be like the whatever operation that they had Hmm. so i was like okay like maybe they are going to reveal the truck driver and they they accidentally got the arm of whoever was actually driving it like the stunt operator and then but i i kind of do like that they never actually revealed who the person was that it was just the character of the truck i think mm-hmm. that was a pretty smart decision which yeah i don't know i was reading another another letterbox review and they were like not being too hyperbolic but just like a movie like this couldn't be made today because they were like we'd have to have some preamble about this and then there would have to be like the big truck driver reveal and like the monologue and all that kind of shit it's like nope this is a simple movie Mm -hmm. simple story you know yeah i like because like not only is it like unimportant doesn't matter who the truck driver is the only character in the movie is the main character but also yeah like 
I think if you reveal the person, I mean, even though you see that there's a person driving it, if you reveal who it is, it takes away the the character of the truck itself. Yeah, and I just I think that's so much more like fun. But speaking of like you're saying, like there would be like a force like monologue, or whatever, blah blah blah. One of the things that did kind of bug me is I think the first time, maybe the only time, I don't know if it does it again. It might just be in the diner, which uh, for the most part, I really liked that. I loved the tension of the diner scene mm-hmm. of like him, just like the silent shots of him, like looking, glancing to all the people at the, at the, at the counter or whatever, and trying to figure out who it was or whatever. Um, uh, but in the middle of that, there's like, this really like forced voiceover narration. Like I just thought it was so like awkward and I was like, that's probably cause this was a TV movie and they were like, Hey, you need to like talk about what he's like. This, yeah. this scene is, this scene is too quiet. He needs to, to, to explain to the audience what's going on here. Like that felt like totally not a Steven Spielberg or like the script like original. Right idea because there are other scenes like another i notice other than the um the radio that you hear at the beginning there's like no dialogue in the movie until yeah uh except well except the until the gas station except for like a couple times where he's like is this guy serious like he does a couple of those you know Mm. like are you kidding me those kind of things which i really liked like the fact that he was you know not talking for most of it because he's the only person in the like a lot of movies will have the character talk because they're talking to the audience but like right. or like i think of a spider-man comics how they do that is they do thought bubbles like he's just talking to himself but it helps yeah but that, you know that's better line. for a comic book yeah. yeah with that he doesn't talk that much i thought that it helped make his uh performance just like really realistic mm-hmm. the the way that he goes from like like you know disbelief into like the fear like the leveling up of like his reaction to what's going on like he's like this guy isn't serious like what what is he doing he's being a dick and then he's like oh sh- no he's actually like fucking with me and then he's like he it like ramps up into fear and i think dennis weaver is the actor yeah. i just think he did a really a really good job at like portraying the the yeah yeah the different levels of his well, yeah, when he when he gets to the diner, he's like traumatized because mm-hmm. the the trucker was like trying to wave him on, and then he's like, "Oh, okay, finally, like we're we're past this." And then when he goes to like pass him, there's another car in the other lane, and then mm-hmm. he's like, oh, "Okay, this this guy is like actually trying." And this he's like, "This goes beyond just yeah. like simple petty like road rage passing shit." He's like, "Oh, this mm-hmm. guy's actually trying to kill me," and it like yeah, it really affects him. Uh, did mm-hmm. you notice in the diner scene though when he's looking around at all the people I, I it was almost like a jump scare to me but I think the waitress was just sitting like this and like I felt like she was barreling the camera down staring it's, yeah I, I think was I like remember oh, that. Yeah. oh why is she doing that it's so <laughs> strange I think it does it again too because it I think it like pans the other way through him and she's still there just like yeah, um, I, I like that he's like looking at all their boots, trying to like yeah. match the boots, and he's like, oh, "Is it this guy or is it?" The... And then it kind of goes through all the scenarios of like him working up the courage, and like he's like, "Okay," because I think if he had like met who the the truck driver was, it would have totally diffused all of the tension. Because mm-hmm. then then it's just like it's just a man, it's just a dude. 
but like this this otherworldly presence that the truck has mm-hmm. is that much scarier yeah i like the the boots thing too really worked for me because it was something i wasn't thinking of too much like when he he like sees because like when he stops at the gas station at the beginning the truck driver gets out of the car or out of the truck on the other side so all that david can see is his boots Mm -hmm. like kicks the tire and and it focuses on that and i i just took it as like oh there he is and then you get to the diner and he's looking at the boots and i'm like oh shit i don't i don't like me tj the viewer i was like oh i don't is it i like i was trying to think yeah those ones because i was like okay they're brown boots and then it like focuses on like certain ones i'm like yeah it was those ones but then like the guy leaves and he's watching him thinking like yeah those are the ones and then he gets in another truck i'm like yeah shit and then it goes to the other boots i'm like fuck is it those ones like because i don't (laughs) have like the full picture of them in my head which i think is like that's how david is feeling too so it was a really cool like it makes feeling you to be like yeah. that like linked with the character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're you're trying to solve it with him another thing that i was waiting for and i'm glad there was a a payoff was like the the radiator hose because <laughs> like that was mentioned to him kind of offhandedly when he stops at the gas station and he's like the guy's like oh your radiator hose is you know it's it's failing you might want to get that replaced and he's like yeah that's what they all say like you know yeah. you get that when you go to you get, get your an oil, oil change, change or something there, and they're they like want to upsell you on everything yeah and of, but of course that's that's the time where like <laughs> he actually needed it or whatever because <laughs> just as he's able to like really start to pull away from the truck driver it it like fucks up and makes his car like almost inoperable <laughs> yep then he just sticks it in neutral and flies down the hill yeah which is just yeah just another was that the end of the like does he he goes down to the end of the hill and then he parks at the end of the cliff does it go right into that or is that a little he before that? so he he gets it in neutral and it, it, uh-huh. it's a decently extended like scene where he's just like kind of you you see his odometer going up as he's kind of going downhill in neutral and then yeah. I think basically as it as he goes neutral, his engine cools off, and so that's how he's able to like he's able to he like restarts the engine, and that's like their final final confrontation. Okay, that's which I I was like, man, I was almost expecting I was that was like my first thought is like you need to just hit the hit the gas pedal and like pop out the door and tuck and roll and just ram this dude, which I'm I'm glad he eventually does do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, you gotta have like a duel, yeah. right? No, it's perfect. Yeah, I I love like yeah and stuff like the radiator hose and I guess like the bus scene or the subsequent filled people like yeah, but it's like when you have a, a some a concept as simple as this, you gotta have stuff to kind of throw like wrenches to throw in to mm. make it not just two cars are going down the road the whole time, right? And um, yeah, I just I think it does it really well it's it's funny because like i feel like i don't know about you but i feel like we're already kind of like running out of things to say at least at least me if you got more to say you can you can go ahead uh i mean no i mean i think it's it's a it's a very simple it's a very simple movie that is very well executed Mm -hmm. that you know it's kind of revered as like a cult classic now and yeah it's it's uh it's cool that this is basically what kind of launched steven spielberg's career like i I think i was skimming the wikipedia article and it there was like a quote i think it was from i think i think 
George Weaver interviewed Steven Spielberg and is his De- name George Dennis Weaver Dennis Weaver sorry the, the yeah. actor yeah yeah I think it was him interviewing Spielberg but Spielberg said that he watches this movie like once or twice every year just to remind oh, really? himself that he did that I don't know That's if it's cool. like you know to kind of you know humble beginnings or what to be like to see how far you've come but I like that Dennis Weaver's a cool guy I don't know if you read about him but he was like no, a lifelong li- like environmentalist like oh nice like lifelong like animal rights advocate he seems like Hell a cool yeah. dude yeah no i i looked him up because me and Kalia both thought he was familiar and i was like i was like okay middle-aged actor <laughs> from this time period it's probably twilight zone and it was twilight zone was he's it in, uh, yeah he's in an episode of twilight zone <laughs> I think he, I think it said he was in uh, Gunsmoke as well. I don't know if he's like a main character, but I think he was in a few. Yeah, episodes it was of that, that and some other. Yeah, Gunsmoke and McCloud, which those are like what he's most known for. But like, I didn't, I don't watch those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looked like Burt Reynolds with his mustache and hair combo. I was like, it, yeah, he did kind of. <laughs> Not without without he almost looks more like Brando, which is weird. Oh yeah, because <laughs> that's how he looks in a uh, Twilight Zone. But yeah, that's that's cool i did i did not know that about him i'll 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 read up on him i guess oh yeah he does look like yeah that that's very brando and now oh there's a picture of him on his wikipedia from 2000 and he looks like dennis hopper (laughs) that's crazy what he's like he's a chameleon (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was kind of feeling i was kind of feeling a strong six okay it feels a little low but I mean, it's a pretty simple movie. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed watching it. I I, mm-hmm. I feel... Uh, I'm glad that I watched it because it was Steven Spielberg's first movie. And it, it's cool to say that you watched, you know, where a director came from. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... I feel like... Did we... Maybe with Bong Joon-ho and uh, or, uh, Barking Dogs, I feel like we kind of was like, you see flashes of what he's... Like, what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cool that it's like he kind of had a lot of those like cinematic ideas and uh, uh, flourishes, you know, even as a 24 year old filmmaker, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I feel uh, I feel particularly Travisy because I did notice a lot of like little nitpicks. There was like a couple scenes where the camera was like really out of focus and I don't think it was meant to be that way. Like the diner scene, mm-hmm. there were like a few I was like, why does it look so soft and, and fuzzy? Oh, the camera's not. <laughs> and like seeing the dudes in the in the uh, the reflections of things, which didn't like detract it too much. Just kind of chuckled to myself. But yeah, I think it's as a first outing for uh, an up and coming director. I thought it was pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Can I put you down for 6.5? Yeah, go for we... it. Yeah. Okay. Is this my first um, integer? Um, it might be. It might be. You you have resisted for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of a duel I'm, between uh, you and I with the integers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a uh, if I settled at a seven point five. Okay. I think for me, I was kind of between seven, seven, seven and a half. But I think after the discussion too, and just kind of re like because I watched it almost a week ago. I think I watched it on Tuesday. So um. It's been a little while, and then I think kind of re revisiting it in this discussion kind of like helps solidify that. Because I, um, I guess maybe it helped that I didn't catch like the camera operators and stuff. But also, I think in 
depending on like how I feel about a movie overall, I do kind of like try to take into consideration like the, you know, first movie factor, TV movie, yeah. all that stuff. I you forgive them for stuff like that. Yeah, cuz there's like other like small things that I I did notice, like some sound things, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. It, it you know, but if this was like something more big budget Hollywood and you had that stuff, I'd be like, hey, no. (laughs) But yeah, 7.5. Pretty pretty solid. I love seeing just elements of the the filmmaker that these directors will become. I will say one of the scenes with like one of the big like truck scares, I feel like the music resembled Psycho. Like when she's getting stabbed in the shower, it was uh-huh. a. Vi- it was like if it wasn't exactly ripping it off, it was like the eh, 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 uh-huh. when like the truck. But I was like, that's that sounds a lot like Psycho. Yeah, I w- I wonder. I just wonder what the movie would be like if it didn't have those. Because maybe maybe some of the ones they added were like unnecessary. But like, I like that you do have the like I said the little bit of like like talking to his wife on the phone. Mm-hmm. Speaking of made for tv here's an ad break i guess so uh oh so uh, are we are we back yeah yeah i'm thinking we're back we watched uh jackie brown the other night Mm -hmm. the quentin tarantino movie between pulp fiction and kill bill kill bill yep have you seen jackie brown I think no? it's his. I think it's his only. Oh no, I haven't seen Pulp Fiction either. Yeah, I haven't seen Pulp Fiction or Jackie Brown. I think those are the only ones. Damn, I don't know because I I saw a tweet that was uh, talking about Max Cherry, Robert Forrester's character. Oh, and they I don't know they just said Max Cherry played to absolute perfection by Robert Forrester is my favorite Quentin Tarantino character. He's the rarest of achievements in modern cinema. A fully believable, totally sane, very competent, non-neurotic, non-toxic, absolutely captivating, straight-up good dude. And it, it showed some screen grab screen grabs from the movie, and I was like, "We need to watch this," because I've been trying to get I've been trying to get Chloe to watch it for a while now, and I, I I hadn't seen it in a while, but I knew I was like, "Yeah, it's a pretty good movie." And then watching it again, it is like the most un quentin tarantino like movie i think that he's got in his entire mm-hmm. catalog but like i think in a, in a good way mm-hmm. uh it, it yeah almost, that can be a good thing <laughs> it, yeah i mean it's it's based on a it's based on a story called rum punch by elmore leonard so oh if, i love elmore leonard he did he's the basis for uh, justified which is like one of my favorite shows oh well maybe maybe that'll i'll get to it eventually you know (laughs) (laughs) but it's uh, it's one of those that could be in the cup as like a homework assignment movie you know jackie brown (laughs) yeah okay i mean yeah i i think i gave it four stars on letterboxd but it's just it's so well shot and and it's it's done i i it almost is like paul thomas anderson-y in some ways like there's Mm. a, a decent amount of like pretty long tracking shots like really kind of more elaborate like things going on simultaneously for like two minutes that it's like it's probably pretty difficult to like get those things all staged but also Mm -hmm. yeah like that tweet said like the main characters are all like middle-aged people because like pam greer i think is like 
in her like mid to late forties. Robert Forrester is like pretty old. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's, I hate to sound like a boomer, but it's like, damn, I'm watching a movie with like middle-aged people shot on actual locations in real places. Like it looks <laughs> like a movie. It's like, I, I, I never would have thought how much I appreciate that compared to like a lot of movies now, yeah. which I mean, there are still a lot of good movies that are being put out, but something about watching older movies like that, you're like, damn, this was like shot on film on location. I don't know. This the the cast is pretty stacked. Uh, I really mm-hmm. like Robert De Niro's performance because he's like a slacker, stoner, loser character, yeah. which is very yeah, unlike. Right. Yeah. I think this is like right after Heat. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. He went from like Heat uh, and like Goodfellas and Casino to like, yeah, just some some you know piece of shit couch surfing like convict. This was his transition from Heat to meet the parents <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean his role is he's pretty funny like just yeah. kind of like i don't know how his character's not dumb but he's very like oh yeah all right, all right. uh yeah i like whatever yeah got a nice little handlebar mustache <laughs> but yeah i mean it does have the the tarantinoisms a few times michael uh it keaton. is yeah michael keaton's in it and michael bowen who's one of my favorite character actors. Michael Bowen. He was Jack the Nazi in Breaking Bad. Uh, He was Buck in Kill Bill. I'm still not like... Uh, He was in Lost. He was one of the Dharma guys. Oh, okay. He's got one of those faces that... The the main Nazi from Breaking Bad. Yeah. 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 Uh, Did not realize that that was also Buck. (laughs) (laughs) It uh it does start out with a shot of uh is it Bridget Fonda? I think it's a Fonda. Yeah, she's in I know she's in that, yeah. Yeah. I mean it starts out with a foot shot of her, so classic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the soundtrack's great. Yeah, I don't know. It and, and there is like a little bit of non linear, like you kind of see the same scene from like three different perspectives, like kinda like Which, looped on top of each other that's pretty normal for yeah he he does do a lot of, not in the same way of as christopher nolan but quentin tarantino does pretty frequently do like out of sequence yeah. you know pulp fiction is like, bastard pulp fiction especially <clears throat> is like that's like i feel like that's the landmark out of sequence movie yeah i i do think pulp fiction is like, because that is just like ensemble like multiple stories and multiple overlapping things and mm-hmm. then reservoir dogs Kill Bill, yeah, Kill Bill, yeah, to an extent, bit. not quite as much. Um, Inglorious Bastards, Hateful Eight, yeah, they're all like that. Yeah, yeah. like I think the he has like I would say Django is pretty linear. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is linear, and then Death Proof, like those are like the only ones yeah. I think that he's got. Yeah, um, and they're his worst. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Death Proof is definitely my least favorite, and Django is next. Oh really? Once upon a time in Hollywood. Once upon a time in Hollywood. I, I like more than those, but it it might be my next. Oh, I least love favorite. Django. I love that movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was actually gonna say when you said that, um, it's like the least Tarantino y movie that he has. Which and I was like, yeah, that's that could be a good thing. I was gonna use Django as the opposite example oh. of like him do be. It's the most Tarantino movie, and I 
I don't like it that much. Wow. <laughs> it's fine, you know. It's there's still a lot of pretty shots. The colors are really beautiful yeah. in that movie, but I think the soundtrack to that movie is pretty great too, which d- yeah. does a lot of heavy lifting for me. Like the soundtrack to this movie is pretty fantastic. Like a lot of he, like he s- used- a lot of like 60s, 70s soul. The intro mm. sequence is like one of my it's it's a very simple intro sequence, but it's like one of my favorites of his. Uh, it's like across 110th street by Bobby Womack and it just, it's just Jackie Brown cause she's a flight attendant. It's just her Mm -hmm. like on the sort of like automated, uh, like little treadmill thing. Like when you're like boarding to a plane and it's just kind of her, it's a very static shot of her moving on the tread on the thing. And then like the credits are just kind of on the screen, but like the song is playing. I don't know. I really like it. Mm. It's so cool. Very simple. Uh, Yeah. He's, he's, he's always nails soundtrack and uh i always think that whenever he releases a movie it's one of if not like the most like pretty looking movies of the year mm-hmm. or like you know the most like, like shot wise and like coloring and like mm-hmm. wise like that's why even though i have my issues with him as a person um and i guess issues with some of his movies or like there are some of his things that really annoy the shit out of me. <laughs> I still consider him like one of the best directors because yeah, it's oh, it's yeah. undeniable that like his skill. Oh yeah. With, you know, controlling a yeah. camera and, you know, actors and everything. Yeah. Use of color. It's a very yeah, Jackie Brown's a very pretty movie. The way that he mm. frames like Robert Forster and Jackie Brown in a few of the scenes is really nice. It just made me want to watch like all the Robert Forster stuff because I do love Robert Forster, yeah. I think like his his role as the vacuum repair guy in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul is great. Uh, really makes me want to revisit uh, Twin Peaks: The Return when he plays mm. Truman's brother. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just I love Robert Forster, and it's it's cool seeing him in more of a lead role because I feel like he's kind of just been a you know character actor, like you know. A guy that's in the movie but he's not really like main character material but mm-hmm. he is he's, he's very good in this movie so it might be homework but i don't know i think you should check it out yeah i'm not i homework doesn't mean i'm not gonna like the movie you know <laughs> it's just it's it's just one of those you know it's it's the it's, one that everyone says like it's like the one that of of quentin tarantino's movies it's like number one by and far the one that everyone's like yeah it's the only one i haven't seen yeah it's it's like yeah, it's like the black sheep of like his filmography yeah yeah i will say i'm more interested in seeing that than pulp fiction but again the main reason i haven't seen pulp fiction is because i feel like i have seen it with how much you know it's just talked about and all that stuff you know yeah yeah and it might actually i may have actually put that one in the cup too i'm not sure jackie brown um yeah like be kind of like I said, as like a homework movie or whatever, maybe I'll have to check. Yeah, it's um, not in there. I'm 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 formally submitting it now. So I okay, <laughs> okay. I'm watching a show. Oh, because now that I got Apple TV on the downstairs TV, I guess I kind of didn't realize how much stuff there was on that that I had, like had on my list or whatever to watch. So now I'm watching Mythic Quest, which is a show. Created by uh, Rob McElhenney, Charlie Day, and Megan Gans. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so two of the three sunny guys plus megan gans who was like a head writer for community and transitioned to being like a main writer for it's always sunny yeah so, she's like the producer uh, of their podcast too yep yeah um i think she's from kalamazoo also, i think you're right yeah because she went to u of m yeah, I think she might be from she might be from Ann Arbor. I don't know, but yeah, there was she like an to Instagram to post of hers that I saw. She was like visiting my mom, and it was like Kalamazoo. So I was like, oh, holy shit! Oh, okay, yeah. It says she was born in Ann Arbor, so I guess she doesn't mean she lived there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, Rob McElhenney plays the main character, and also David Hornsby, who's mm-hmm. uh, Cricket. Yeah, he's he's also a writer and he's like in the cast and he's probably like my favorite character in the show actually. It's a it's about a video game company. They made like before the show started, they created like it's like the biggest MMO, basically World of Warcraft. Yeah, like think like that. It's like this is the company that made World of Warcraft, but the game's called Mythic Quest. It's about the the running of a video game company. It's just it's it's pretty good it's like it hasn't like blown me away but it's got it's got those like those core people that i just i really like you know so Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's been a really like i love having like an easy watch show (laughs) that is just like it's just nice to watch and it's like it's a really chill watch it's never too like heavy there's some there's some moments where it like goes for like like heartfelt bits it's it's happened a couple times and i think it does like do that really well but mostly it's a it's you know a comedy and ensemble type thing oh yeah uh danny pooty's in it too which nice that's another reason i wanted to check it out and he's like a complete asshole in it he's the (laughs) he's the money he's the finance operator or whatever he's the guy in charge of like money for the company yeah and he's like He's the person who is like all about like that's all he cares about is like the bottom getting line. the most money. Yeah, so like there's like an episode where he like he like manipulates uh one of the head designers into like putting in a battle royale oh. version like game <laughs> version because like and he like specifically says it's because he can know he knows that it'll rope in like little kids yep. and then they can make them like we gotta buy skins he can, and weapons he can sell them stuff to, yep. yeah yeah um that's pretty good and uh, uh f marie abraham's in it too that's another nice I, I love yeah. f marie abraham whenever he shows up and stuff yeah he's it's probably like david hornsby's character and then f marie abraham mm. and then maybe danny pooty those are like my top three yeah, um, watching old episodes of Sunny, even before Cricket was a main character, I'm pretty sure David Hornsby had like writing credits on almost every episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he, I, th- I think I th- him and Rob are like buddies. Like they, I don't know, they all like knew each other. So mm-hmm. I think they all like were like in acting classes together mm-hmm. or some shit like that. Yeah, so he's he's almost like the fourth dude. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, in in the in that group or whatever. Um, the Rich Fulcher. I don't know. <laughs> yeah yeah uh but yeah it's just it's a really it's a really fun show it's it's got a lot of people i like in it um and it's it's pretty solid too you know it's nothing else to say it's just a it's a nice watch well that's good because like check it out if you got apple tv i have like nothing to watch right now because like all of the big shows we've like marathoned essentially so like Mm -hmm. we're just i'm desperate for something new to watch so maybe i'll give that a shot 
Is it animated it's, or is it like? No, it's it's live action. Why don't I think it was animated? Did I maybe? Are there like video game sequences? I don't know. I don't. There, like, there's like an there's a couple episodes where like it kind of focuses more on the game. Like, there's one where Rob McElhenney's character like challenges a player to like a fight in the game, mm. and like you'll see that, but it's only like within the context of the scene. Like it's not just straight up showing gotcha. the video game, it, but it'll like, and then there's like sometimes like transitioning between scenes. It'll just like the transition will be like f- a few seconds of the oh, video okay. game or something like that. But that's, that's pretty much Maybe it. Maybe I'm like conflating it with Harmon quest or, or one of those. Oh, like critical role animation show things or something. I don't know. I guess I thought it was animated. Eh, it's not oh, we'll definitely have to check um, it out. Another push is, it's half hour. Oh, perfect. and uh, there's only 20 episodes so far. So, oh, okay, like I'm, a couple seasons. Like, yeah, there's two seasons. Okay, so far it's it, they got greenlit for two more. I think. Though, oh shit! So, yeah, I'm desperate to watch more stuff, and so since uh, we finished Righteous Gemstones, we started Vice Principles. Have you seen Vice Principles? Yeah, I really like Vice it's Principles. It's pretty great. <laughs> Have you finished it? No. Or you're, or you're watching it now? We're, okay. We just watched the episode where they went on the field trip to like, I think, I don't know if they went to like a museum or something. It's when uh, he's trying to like get with the one teacher. And so uh, Danny McBride's character like basically forces his way onto the bus to go on this field trip with them. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and uh, he just it's 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 a thing that i feel like is unique to like danny mcbride productions where there's almost this otherworldly aspect about his characters where everyone else plays it pretty straight and he is just like the most belligerent shitty asshole version of himself that he can be and it's like in no realistic situation would anyone like put up with how he talks to people but just i don't know the way he makes it work just like the way that he openly swears at the kids and he's just like you guys are acting like a bunch of assholes like just that kind of <laughs> shit yeah but it's you can tell it's it's him i don't know after watching like righteous gemstones and then going to this it's like yeah this has the exact same like you know kind of writing style characterization style just him and walton goggins constantly going at each other it's it's so good i i love walton goggins too he's, <laughs> he's so great <laughs> Yeah, I uh it's been a it's been a while since I, whenever that show came out was so it's been a few years since I watched it. I think 2017. Well, yeah. Yeah. So there's not a lot I remember specifically about it. I'll I'll have to I'll have to rewatch it cuz I did really really like that show. And it was like cuz I'm not a big fan of Danny McBride typically, but for some reason that show just really worked for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think maybe Danny McBride in movies and like TV shows are a little, a little different. So maybe that's like the factor. It's like, yeah. I don't know, because he, he, he kind of plays a similar character in in his movies. I don't think I've seen a lot of Danny McBride movies, honestly. That's yeah. That's I think that's kind of what it is. And also, I have like personal issue because I saw um one Your Highness yeah at MSU that he was at him and the director uh-huh. were there and they were fine but the movie sucked <laughs> and i i feel like 
I remember the because they did like a Q&A afterwards and I feel like it was like maybe not as because like, I don't think I was the only person who like didn't like it because like, and I don't think that movie did very well overall but I feel like the I just feel like I remember the Q&A session being really like weird because it wasn't as positive as people people were like yeah hoping. that was great they're like oh no. yeah oh no <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah. seeing that it came out in 2011 that that's that's like peak that time period for that kind of movie though like that's that's right near like the tail end of like pineapple express super bad mm-hmm. like 40 year old virgin yeah. like that type of comedy i feel like that's like the last gasping breath of that style totally like 100 <laughs> percent. anyways i i do his, vice principles yeah a, his shows are great good. yeah righteous gemstones and vice principles i i really enjoy so far so i yeah righteous gemstones is one i'll have to i'll have to get to um have you watched any of it like if you're no no oh yet. shit definitely watch righteous gemstones okay it's a good uh i mean john goodman's really great in it but walton goggins is in it um edie patterson i think her name is she plays one of the teachers in vice principals but she plays judy gemstone like one of the siblings as well as uh adam divine who's pretty great in that show too yeah they're basically like three different danny mcbride like style characters they like they're siblings but they all talk to each other in that same just like the same very mean catty just like shitty to each other yeah yeah i'll uh i'm i'll i'll get to it when i i maybe when i um when i get through my my year lists which are piling up because we are nine months into 2022 and i have not done (laughs) previous two years but you know, I think it's one of those that once I'm done with that, that'll be like near the near the top because yeah, yeah. It's mostly thirty minute long episodes. I think season finales kind of push it a little bit to like uh-huh. that hour range, but otherwise, I think they're about half an hour each. So the first season, the first couple episodes, there's like, I think, I think we've talked about it before in my lizard brain, but there's like a scene of very shocking realistic violence that made me laugh my <laughs> ass off so if anything at least watch the first episode for that because it's it's so good <laughs> that's funny david gordon green is like a producer on both of them too and david yeah. gordon green directed a lot of them and he did he did like almost the entire second season of vice principles too oh okay and he also did uh your highness so <laughs> Maybe maybe they've learned some things. Maybe they Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I will say he did do although he also did the sequel which I've heard is not good. I still haven't watched it. But he did do the 2018 Halloween, which was really great. I really liked that. Oh, okay. Okay. Halloween. Uh him and Danny McBride wrote it too. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they they do have some good stuff under their belts, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next week's movie. Uh, I'm pulling it out of the oh, cup now. Oh, no, what's it going to be? It's uh, actually an, another David Cronenberg movie. 
it's the dead zone from 1983 oh cool it's a stephen king story yeah yeah well depending on you know if we don't get to it if we don't get to it till november i might just read it because i have a copy of that book oh yeah (laughs) so i'll just i'll just read it that's that's awesome yeah okay i'm gonna yeah i'll have to write that down in case we do the other thing Mm -hmm. or whatever and, and it gets pushed back but yeah okay so uh watch the dead zone before next week's episode if you don't want to be spoiled for it it is on hbo so hey oh hell yeah and then for rent it seems like pretty much everything is you can at the very least you can get it for rent on youtube or google or one of those usually for the most part uh but yeah this one's on hbo cool cool uh yeah if you don't want to for it watch it before next week's episode these episodes come out every uh wednesday at 7 p.m est uh on twitch and youtube in video form and then in podcast form on apple Podcasts, spotify and more we also have socials on facebook instagram tiktok twitter that's that's most of that that's, i just feel like there's a fifth one subscribe on youtube we're up to 30 subscribers on youtube hell yeah like youtube is like easily our best platform for some reason yeah the one that yeah definitely gets the most points uh, views whether that's because they're actually watching it or they think that we are uploading the the full movies (laughs) (laughs) because some of our episodes are basically the same length yeah son of the mask is almost at 2000 views nice that's what i was just gonna check so <laughs> yeah. see how uh see how much someone had okay cool um hmm and uh with all that said uh i am your uh roadside snake wrangling lady oh we didn't TJ. even talk about her too much this is the saddest part <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh tj kj spot jack cheese and with me as always and with me and with me is wait no as always i am your uh cheese on rye r-i-e sandwich and then but he got like a lettuce tomato sandwich anyway yeah those Uh, fucking bicycle thieves getting cheese sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so it was so bizarre uh nick (laughs) aka dr funk on twitch All right, get out of here. Okay, bye. Fuck out of here.